Hey everyone, welcome to the Goody Reader Radio Show. My name is Michael. It's Tuesday, November 26, 2013 here at GoodyReader.com. A lot of news has happened over the course of this week and it just started and I can expect with Black Friday looming on the horizon that there's going to be a copious amount of news and announcements that are coming down the pipe. Barnes & Noble has put forth something official and then something not so much official. Let's get into the crux of what we know. Barnes & Noble has actually just expanded their Nook app for Windows 8 into 32 countries and 21 languages. This will allow a lot of people to have localized versions of the Barnes & Noble Nook ecosystem uh, in Australia, Canada, which is, of course, where I live, and all across the UK. So, uh, I mean, Europe. So we have like Spain, Switzerland, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, and it'll showcase local authors and books in those languages. Now, this comes courtesy of Microsoft. And if you guys remember last year, Microsoft put about $300 million into Nook Media and this spun off the Nook division from the bookstore chain. And this is something that Barnes & Noble really wanted to do for a long time, given that they're seeing a lot of success uh, with eBooks. Not that much success with the hardware, but the hardware sales, or sometimes lack thereof, was bringing down the profit margins of the book chain. So they really wanted to spin their digital div division away from their bookstore and university bookstore store division. So when Microsoft put $300 million into Barnes & Noble, they have about 17% equity stake in the Nook media. And part of this investment was getting the Barnes & Noble Nook reading app as an integral part of Windows 8 as a whole. Now up until this time, unless you lived in the US, you really didn't get a lot of value out of downloading the Nook app for Windows 8. Now that the new version has just been released, it suddenly gives a lot of people the power to actually make ebook purchases and actually read them. Now, this is only with Windows. I have an Android tablet. I live in Canada. I still can't download the Nook app for Android. I can't download it for iOS. I cannot buy books through that. I can only do it on Windows 8. So if you have uh, like the Microsoft Surface RT or the Pro, or if you have one of the many uh, Windows 8 tablets out there, you can actually read while on the go. I don't know too many people that actually read ebooks like on their home computer. And so I, I don't know how... I'd be interested to see what the sales are, you know, um, for people who read books on the computer. I would hesitate to say that they're probably lower than the people who are reading them on mobile devices. So that's the official news. Now, here's a bit of the unofficial news. Roughly about three weeks before Amazon announced their new Kindle Fire line of tablets. So this is the HDX7, uh, the HDX8.9, and then uh, the refreshed versions of the Kindle Fire HD. They ran a series of benchmark tests. And when sort of the labs and the research and development team are finalizing hardware, they'll run it through benchmark tests. So they'll get a lot of indication on how fast everything is. And this is all public information. So when Amazon did the benchmark tests, a few weeks later, they announced 
their tablets and they went on sale both three weeks or so later and we're still waiting for the 8.9 here in Canada. So Barnes & Noble actually put a new tablet out in the benchmarks. Now they haven't announced anything but what we do know is that it has a 1.8 gigahertz quad-core NVIDIA Tegra 4 processor and this is crazy because if you look at the 7-inch Nook HD, which came out last year, they're using a 1.3 gigahertz dual-core processor, and this is not even no longer in production. And then the HD Plus, which is a, basically their 9-inch tablet, was only running a dual-core 1.5 gigahertz processor. So a new tablet, it's running a higher version of Android. It's running 4.2.2 if you're into that geeky type of stuff, but you could think of it as Jelly Bean. And the resolution is going to be 1620 by 1008. Given that this is the type of resolution that we're seeing, I would probably say that this is the benchmarks for a 7-inch tablet or maybe a 6-inch tablet. You look at a lot of the other sort of tablets out there and they're starting to get like 1920 by like 1080 or, you know, uh, into the high 2000s and 1200s, which that basically says just higher resolution. So this is the first step. And the reason why I lead credence to this is because Amazon and Kobo did the exact same things. They used this exact same benchmark site and then a few weeks later they announced something. Now, we're getting really close to Christmas. I don't know if Barnes & Noble is going to put a tablet out this close to the holidays because they have to give consideration to that they have to ship it to all the stores and shipping is a little bit slower now because so many people are ordering online things uh, mail ups fedex all those companies are really swamped so if it's not announced before december the first i would probably say that they're going to release it probably q2 and maybe around April, May, uh, Mother's Day, perhaps, uh, Kobo actually uh, released e-readers this Mother's Day uh, that just passed. And I, you know, this is sort of what I'm expecting to happen. It's really too damn close. And it's only version one of the firmware. So I'm looking at the, the, the specs right here. And this is sort of like the first version of their firmware. So they might have to undergo more refinement, but it looks like the hardware itself is finalized. And that's a huge significant step forward. How will Barnes & Noble, a new tablet, do in the marketplace? Well, if their previous line of tablets is any indication, maybe not that well. Uh, the Nook HD and HD Plus were heralded by the company as their biggest tablet failure. When the Nook Color originally came out, it did really well. It was their highest, most successful tablet that they ever launched. It was their first one, but they absolutely killed their e-reader sales. And when the Nook, the Nook tablet, which was the second generation Nook Color came out, it didn't reach the critical levels of success as their first tablet did, but you got to think about the time and place. When the Nook Color first came out, there really wasn't a lot of tablets on the market. Now it's, you know, every single month somebody's releasing a new tablet, and there's a lot of new entrants to the table, and Apple is almost cornerstone the market, whereas when the Nook Color first came out, Apple was just with the iPad 1, and it 
they didn't have the well-developed ecosystem as they had today and you know a reading tablet made sense in this current economic climate i don't know how much a pure e-reading tablet makes a lot of sense people want to be able to do a lot more than just read now and as much as it kind of kills me to say it, this is sort of the reality of the situation so we'll chalk this up to it's coming down the pipe we just really don't know when in the Goody Reader Labs, we have the Amazon Kindle Fire HD 8.9, and this is the latest generation 8.9 inch e-reader, and it's the second one of that screen size that Amazon actually made. Uh, during the next few days, we're going to be putting up some reviews, uh, some comparisons against the new iPad mini with Retina and against Kobo's line, as well as the previous generation 8.9 inch tablet by Amazon. This kind of gives you a sense where if you have the older one, is it worth the upgrade? Well, we're going to put them you know, side by side with the same content loaded on each screen so you can kind of get a sense on, do movies look better? Does the speaker quality better? How exactly does ebooks look? It, it does have higher specs, higher resolution, faster processor. So you would figure that on paper that you would just have a better experience. But sometimes that's not the case. If there's anything that we've learned or if I've learned in reviewing Gosh, we've reviewed over about 125 tablets and we've reviewed over about 90 e-readers uh, since we've been doing this since about late 2008. So really any big thing that hits the market, we've reviewed. And it's not all about specs on paper. It's about build quality. How good does it look? Does it look like every other tablet on the market out there? How does it actually perform? These are the things that we really want to know. And given that it's a tablet build is basically an e-reader, how is the e-reading experience? What type of content can you expect to get um, in the market? So we're really going to uh, go to town and really give you a comprehensive analysis there's some big blackberry news and this is something that i feel that if you're a blackberry 10 user so if you have the z10 the z30 q5 q10 you're in for a treat there is an upcoming build that's going to be pushed out via Wi-Fi. I don't know when. Uh, relatively, it looks like maybe it could be a few weeks. It could be about a month or so. But there's a number of leaked firmware uh, updates out there from the programming labs at BlackBerry. What this will allow you to do is actually load Android files on your BlackBerry. It's that easy. Uh, Android files or APKs are some of the most commonly found formats out there. Uh, it's it's along the lines of PDF files. If you're Googling around for a free book to download, chances are you'll find a PDF before you'll find anything else. APK files are the same thing. There's just so many gosh darn Android tablets out there that finding an app store that offers free APK files you would be hard-pressed to have a cat and a fish tank and the cat trying to catch a fish if your fish is, if your tank's overloaded with fish. It's, you know, he puts his paw in there, he's going to get one. And what is exciting about BlackBerry is that finally you'll be able to just download an APK file from the internet or an Android game or an app and it actually load and install on your device. Ever since BlackBerry 10 phones first came out, it said it had Android support, but it wasn't the whole truth. 
you had to actually convert an APK file, which is an Android file, to a, a BlackBerry-friendly bar file. Now, those are two different formats, and in a lot of cases, you needed uh, a lot of hoops to jump through. So you needed signing keys, you needed all this convoluted stuff that a lot of people just didn't want to waste their time with. If you're like a lot of my friends, for instance, not tech savvy, when I tell them that, you know, you could sideload in a bar file using this program, their eyes just glaze over. They don't know what I'm talking about. And so this has been a great barrier for your average phone user that looks at the BlackBerry app market and is feeling very underwhelmed. And a lot of people end up returning their phones because they say, you know, i I want to download games that are not there. So, I don't know. I mean, I could list off a million Gameloft games, all the official Iron Man games, the Thor games, uh, Candy Crush Saga, you know, things like that that just BlackBerry doesn't have. But, you know, you look at the Google Play Store, Amazon App Market, our Goody Reader App Store, all those games are there. So, what we have done is we have made a YouTube video that you can find at youtube.com slash goodyreader where we outline exactly what you need to do on your computer and what you need to do on your phone. Basically, you just install the firmware update. It's basically just a, a 2 gig exe file that just upgrades your phone's firmware. And then using the phone's web browser, you can install the Goody Reader app market and then just one click install any app you want. It just installs and they all work so simpsons tapped out uh if you want to get a dungeon keeper if you want to get a million other type of games and apps you're more than welcome to and it's actually ridiculously easy and i really think that blackberry users once blackberry themselves actually pushes this update it's really going to make it relevant because people will no longer have to rely on the blackberry app market the official version for them to get their apps they can install the amazon app market if they wanted to the one mobile app market get jar uh the goody reader app store there's a lot more out there now that blackberry users will be able to get and i feel that this is the biggest news item from the last few weeks but mainstream press has not picked it up and i think it's just because there's a lot of trepidation uh regarding the uncertainty of blackberry as a company uh, a new ceo i believe today they just fired their um chief financial financial officer and chief marketing person and there's nobody to take their place so they're in a company certainly in a state of flux they're looking for a new direction and this is obviously something that's been cooking for a while so I wouldn't say that, you know, the new CEO is doing a bang-up job, folks. You know, it's something that they've been working for a while. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are sort of giving up on BlackBerry. And you have these sort of die-hard loyalists where, at least in North America and Western Europe, there's a lot of people that haven't given up. If You only have to really go to crackberry.com, which is basically the definitive online forum for BlackBerry users. Um, every single day, hundreds if not thousands of posts. You know, there's a lot of people that really love BlackBerry and really want to see them go back to their roots as being enterprise enterprise first and foremost, business first and foremost, and not kind of walking down the road where they're trying to you know, uh, market and develop products for your average Joe. You know, that's really what not Blackberries. it's really what they're not about. I feel that BlackBerry strengths were always, if you were a professional, you had a BlackBerry phone. 
if you're looking for a mindless entertainment device or if you're Joe Average that just wants to use Vine and, you know, uh, use Snapchat and text their friends, I mean, get an iPhone, get like a Samsung, get whatever phone that you want because it's just, it's a, it's an entertainment device where a BlackBerry has traditionally always been a business and productivity device. And I feel that definitely they've lost their way. And that's very evident in the way that, you know, their, their CEO before this last one, I think he had the job for less than a year and a half before he was let go. And, you know, almost all they've been axing staff left and right. And yeah, I mean, they're in trouble, but you don't have to believe me. I mean, there's, Every single major news organization out there constantly regales you with tales of BlackBerry woes. But I'm not on that bandwagon. I like BlackBerry as a brand, not only because they're just Canadian, but because, you know, for me, that actually gets a few hundred emails a day. I can't const- I can't do that on a touch screen. I mean, it's next to impossible. So I use my uh, Q10 just because it's way easier to type out text messages with the tectonic keyboard to be able to actually type fast. And I'm one of those guys, you know, I'm like 33, 34, um, somewhere around that neighborhood. And I, so I grew up with keyboards, you know, I'm, if I had grown up exclusively with touchscreen devices I'd probably feel right at home and there's like a lot of um, you know millennials out there that can do just that you know they could type like 60 70 words a minute on a touchscreen phone and I mean good for them I grew up with a keyboard I need a keyboard in order to be able to type really fast I have an iPhone 5 and I find that I'm just always making spelling mistakes I've had it for about six months now and I'm really just trying to like wrap my head around using an iPhone as my day-to-day device, but I find if I have to reply to a ton of emails, my emails are like really short, like one sentence, because I just can't type like a big reply, or same with text messages, I'm using uh, Ebonics now, you know, instead of well-formulated thoughts, I'm like using abbreviations, and I hate myself for that, so I'm, I've gone back to my Q10 and with this new leaked firmware update, it's a lot more relevant. So again, if you want to download the Goody Reader app market or update the firmware on your phone so you can install Android apps, so you can even just download apps yourself and install them, it's on our YouTube channel. I believe it's called How to Load APK Files on BlackBerry 10. If you just search for that in YouTube, you'll come across it. Or you can check out our video section by just clicking on videos and it's all there. So Black Friday's coming up. There's going to be deals to be had, but you're if you're looking at to get items that are significantly less on price, good luck. This is one of the years where people are saying it's going to be probably the slowest Black Friday in almost a decade. And it's just because you know, people some people will say the economy, but I think it's just like Technology saturation, you know, uh, I talk to a lot of retail chains, at least here in, in BC when I'm here, uh, but also when I'm in New York as well, as well as San Francisco. A lot of people are saying that they're seeing fewer people coming into the stores to do Christmas shopping this year. And I found that that was very interesting because Christmas isn't that far away. I would, it's a, a less than a month away. And people are not coming out yet to buy things. And it's not that they're waiting to Black Friday, but I think that, you know, 
when a new iPad comes out, people are getting it right away. When a new iPhone comes out, they're getting it right away. When Samsung releases a new phone, like the new Galaxy phone, people are there like within a few days. So everyone who wants that phone has that phone already. Uh, the people who don't are waiting for their current contracts to expire so they can actually get you know, a discount. So they're not having to buy the phone outright. So it's something to think about where there's just so many gadgets coming out like on a, on a monthly, sometimes daily basis that technology gifts kind of make up for the bulk of Christmas gifts. You know, if you have a kid, chances are you're buying whatever slick new tablet is out, whatever new phone is out, whatever, you know, uh, the Pebble watch or you know, wearable tech, or if they're really small, you know, uh, shopping at like Toys R Us and things like that. But it seems like as far as gadgets and e-readers and tablets and phones and stuff like that go, everyone who wants it already has it. And, and so stores will cumulatively do well in the first few weeks of launch. I mean, look at the PlayStation 4. I think they sold a million units within 24 hours. And so you can't actually find that anywhere. And so people aren't camped out in stores. Stores aren't doing brisk business because at least here in Canada, talking to a lot of stores in Ontario, so the Toronto region, which is pretty well the, the little New York of Canada, and in the Vancouver region, they got their initial shipment and they haven't got anything since. And anything that they're going to get are basically going to people who pre-ordered it about a month ago. So... You're not having a large a large amount of foot traffic in these stores because they're just basically waiting for their number to be called, so to speak. So Black Friday in Canada has never been like a big thing. It, I, I think it's more of a of a big US thing, but from all all the people that I'm sort of talking to in the retail chains, they're not really expecting a gangbuster event that they've had in years prior. Pretty well, it's because there isn't really a lot of deals to be had. Apple maybe knocks off $25, maybe $30 on the previous generation's uh, price tag, but you're not really seeing dramatic discounts. You're seeing some discounts on some lower-end tablets, like the Arcos, um, I believe some of the children's tablets, and some of the, the tablets by like HP, and um, I think one of the Dell tablets are being struck for a pretty big discount, but you know... They're crap. <laughs> and I, I say that as uh, legitly because, you know, we've, we've reviewed a lot of these things. And what we haven't officially reviewed, we've played with at, you know, CES or Computex or IFA or a number of one of these tech events that we're always at. And it's underwhelming, I mean, to be honest. So I think for people who are waiting for Black Friday to actually buy all their gifts at once maybe that's the case but yeah I, I think that this year will probably be the lightest year in which retail does brisk sales in one day probably in a decade so what else is new in the industry well as we're getting Chris closer to Christmas and the holidays not too much and it's kind of unfortunate because it seems though that everyone who's had devices hit the market, they're on the market already. Uh, Amazon, uh, the new Kobo line of e-readers, uh, the Nook Glow. So they're all on sale. So I'm going to cut this short as I've ranted and raved, I think, uh, long enough. But so 
you've been listening to the Goody Reader Radio Show. My name is Michael, and everybody take care.